0: Welcome to Crawl Space. I'm Tim, here today with Lance in the Crawl Space Studios in Wormtown. Lance, how are you today?
1: I'm doing exceptionally well. Thank you, Tim. It's good to be alive yet another
0: day. How are you? I'm doing well here in 2020. Top of the first, Lance. And these first couple episodes that we're bringing to you here are episodes about the unsolved murder of Sheila Shepard from Saratoga Springs, New York. And we brought you an intro episode to this case back in October. And so here is two episodes in a row about this case that we filmed on the streets with investigators Chris Callahan and Matt Wilson of the Saratoga Springs Police Department. We're walking the streets with them and going to Sheila's apartment, Sheila's old apartment.
1: Yep. And this is ultimately a very tragic case. Obviously, Sheila was a young woman. She was 22 years old. It's incredibly bizarre she was found spread out on her bed naked Uh, she was tied she had a kitchen knife her own kitchen knife in her stomach and she was discovered by her uncle after two days of concern for her whereabouts and well-being the official cause of death though was ruled asphyxiation as we find out as we uh, talk to the detectives or the investigators in this case and the stabbing was post-mortem which almost gives it a sense of a sort of a set up scenario and we've been exploring uh, the notion that maybe the person who perpetrated this crime returned later on to maybe take something. I mean, this 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 case has so many layers to it, uh, and it's the only unsolved murder in Saratoga Springs history. And it's been that way for 39 years.
0: Yeah, and we really start out this episode with some introductory info. What you said there about maybe someone returning to the scene, that doesn't really get into it until the very end, I would say, of... Uh, this uh, second episode. But um, but that will play into future episodes in this series. Uh, no doubt.
1: Yeah, I, I couldn't help myself because that felt like one of those uh, to to quote a very cliche term, like an aha moment. And I just couldn't help myself because that really stands out to me. But I don't want to spoil anything.
0: Okay, so before we get to the episode, I just want to make a couple announcements here. We are doing two shows, two live shows in March of 2020 with true crime-obsessed Lance. One in Boston on March 20th, 2020, and one in Philadelphia on March 21st, 2020.
1: Yep, we're going to be spending our St. Patrick's Day weekend with Patrick and Jillian. And uh, March 20th is at Club Royale in uh, Boston, and the 21st is at Underground Arts in Philadelphia, and we are making another push for funds for the Find Mora campaign on GoFundMe. There will be a text-to-donate number that is announced at those shows, so stay tuned for that, and uh, we'll hopefully get a good turnout. Well, of course we'll get a good turnout from these two shows because the wildly successful and passionate, rabid fan base of True Crime Obsessed will follow them to the ends
0: of the earth, and we're just kind of along for the ride. And Lance, our full catalog of episodes is back on the public feed so you can binge from the very beginning of crawlspace we started this show back in february of 2017 and now every single episode is back there on the public feed for free you can obviously get ad free versions on stitcher premium though so go ahead and binge if you just learned about crawlspace or re-binge if you've been with us from the beginning okay everybody hope you enjoyed this series on sheila shepherd and of course if you have any information please call the numbers in the show notes thank you This first clip that we wanted to play is a news footage clip from back then in 1980. And it shows where the investigation was from the very first day, which, uh, sad to say, I mean, but kind of obviously, that it wasn't very far.
2: A woman who lived next door told police that her daughter heard screams about 10.30 last night, but that report has not been further substantiated. Police admit this will be a tough crime to solve.
1: We don't have any suspects. Uh, we're really at a loss for now. We're just doing a lot of footwork and trying to talk to the neighbors and find out uh, what the situation was, Who seen her last, who talked to her. Do you have any reason to believe that this was someone who knew her, though, or this could be a random kind of crime? We have no reason to believe uh, that statement whatsoever, whether it was a, a random situation or someone knew her or what. We don't, we don't know at this point.
2: As the body was removed from the house this afternoon, police officials made public more details of the murder. Besides being tied to the bed, Ms. Shepard had been stabbed and a five-inch steak knife was found lodged in her stomach. An autopsy will be performed in the morning and police hope one of the most important unanswered questions in this homicide puzzle will be answered. The time Sheila Shepard died. Bob Lawson, TV10 Action News, Saratoga Springs.
0: And then we hop in the car with investigators Callahan and Wilson and head from the police station over to Sheila Shepard's old apartment. And we mostly talk about the town of Saratoga Springs.
1: But what an interesting feeling of anticipation as we were heading over there. First of all, to be working with the investigators on the case and just allowing uh, how they allowed us to be uh, there with them and they were open with their information and also uh, heading to the scene of a crime was uh, was something else.
2: So I don't know if you can see the place on the corner up there. This is Gaffney's. It's got like some white uh, Christmas lights outside. Oh yeah. That's that's the uh, the main stretch, the uh, name bar hub called Caroline Street. And okay. then this street that we're on now turns into into Putnam Street, which has got a bunch of bars on it as well. That's our or uh, like I said, it used to be called the gut, but the the hub of the downtown area. There's something like 15 bars in a three, four, four block area. The gut? The yeah, the gut is what it used to be called down there. And there's actually there's one of those old like historical markers. Historical markers says the down uh, yeah down in front of the one bar that she used to go to quite a bit. So
3: Broadway splits the the city in half. So it's the east side, it's the west side, and the streets kind of run in a one-way direction off of Broadway, at least
2: Broadway, in, or Carolina Fila, the next two blocks over. Saratoga got a lot of urban renewal money mm-hmm. in the, what, 70s, yeah. early 70s, too. So downtown is uh, it's come a long way, and where the, the hotels are over here in that big parking lot were, like, row house like slums back before this, but changed a lot it's even from those videos where I sent you the, yeah. the old news releases yeah. the stories you you'll see how different it looks from the uh, the footage a little bit they shot downtown. this
3: used to be a parking lot over here was a long building there used to be a train tracks so you go through here back in the 40s and 50s but it was a bar called the hub and it was part of the uh, old train at rail station that used to go through here. there was a bar here that she used to go
2: to I think we interviewed a couple people. That was one of the ones that may or may not have been one of the last places that she was seen alive walking walking past that place.
0: Right here? Uh, it be back, be back, back in the, there. In the, okay. the building's
3: gone. They tore yeah. the building down, but it would be a place that she would pass regularly to get back to her apartment. Right. So you would take this sidewalk here where this building's going up. There was a, another building uh, at the time that was a uh, vocational
2: school. That's where she was going to school. Oh. Like a... Uh, Worldwide Enterprises Yeah, it was like A a temp You know, agency type Type thing where Where they taught you Typing and You know, all sorts of Secretarial type stuff Sure She was enrolled in Yeah, 125 right here
0: and here we are now in front of Sheila Shepard's old apartment uh, discussing the details of the case. And just to describe the building real quick, because some of this kind of comes out, but uh, it's a it's a large building. I think it's eight apartments. That would be four on top and four on the fir- on the first floor, so four on the second. And there are two fire escapes, one on each side of the building.
1: And it's really sort of heart-wrenching to think about Sheila's uncle, ascending those uh steps on the fire escape working the window open crawling in and then you know for the most part having to crawl over sheila's body realizing that his his niece was dead and then he has to go outside and prevent the family members her aunt and her mother from charging in to find out what's going on
2: and the fire escape is where her her uncle uh ends up going up the fire escape when nobody can get in touch with her she had missed a couple of days of school, and like we said, the school was right down here in the corner. That building's no longer there. It was the uh, vocational school she went to. She doesn't show up on Monday. On Tuesday, the teacher sends a couple of students to the, uh, to the apartment here to look for her. They go to the door, no response, but they can hear a, a radio playing inside the apartment. So then they come back to the school. They tell the teacher, who then gets, uh, gets concerned. She calls, uh, calls Sheila's mother. Who then comes to the apartment with, uh, with her, her Sheila's sister. Sorry, Sheila's aunt and uncle. Uncle goes up the fire escape because they had told him she'll sometimes leave that open mm-hmm. for her brother to come come into the house through the fire escape. He goes up the stairs uh, through the window, finds her covered with a bed sheet, ends up pulling the bed sheet back, sees that she's deceased, um, gag in her mouth, she's tied. Says he covers her back up goes out the front door and comes down the stairs to head off uh, Sheila's mother and aunt before they can can come inside the apartment and, and see her. And then they, they obviously call the police. Uh, police from there, initial patrolman goes in just to verify that she is in fact uh, deceased. And then it's when the investigators are called to the scene.
0: Did she live there with her brother? No,
2: Sheila lived up in the, the front apartment up here on the, uh, the right side of the building. She was uh, enrolled in a vocational school that is, the building's no longer here, but it was down on the, uh, the next intersection at the corner. So she'd be able to walk right down the street to, uh, to her classes. That Tuesday morning, November 25th. 25th was her, uh, her second day in a row she hadn't shown up at school. Uh, teacher was concerned, so she sent a couple of Sheila's friends from class over here to check on her. They went up the, the main stairs knocked on the the door. There was no response. They heard a a radio playing inside the apartment.
0: And here's a clip from Sheila's teacher at the time. We um, made contact with her mother and asked if she had been out of town or whatever. And the mother took it from there as far as I know. But we were concerned because usually everyone is here every day. One of our people doesn't show up two days in a row. That's a pretty good sign that something's wrong.
2: They came back to class. The one uh, friend said she didn't, she saw the fire escape, but she's wearing a dress, so she didn't try going up that way. But she goes back to to the classroom, she tells the teacher, you know, we don't hear anything, no response, but, uh, you know, we could hear radio playing in there. Uh, Matt and I talked to the teacher a few months back. She said it was it was odd. She'll never miss class. She was a very good student, very conscientious. She's concerned, so she calls uh She'll's mother, who asked her sister, uh, Sheila's aunt, uh, Terry Armstrong, to come over to the house and, and check on the apartment with her. So Sheila's aunt and uncle show up here along with Sheila's mother. They go to the front door. Same thing, no response. The door is locked. Um, they had known that this. Um, sometimes the window was left open, for for Sheila's brother apparently, who would uh, who would come to visit her at the apartment here. So Sheila's uncle goes up the the fire escape. He. Uh, says the storm window is open, but the inner window is closed. He then he sees something on the bed. The bed is right at the, uh, the foot of this window here. So he sees what looks to be sort of person covered with a sheet. He steps through the window, comes in, pulls the sheet back to see that she's obviously deceased. He um, said he covered her back up, went to the door, he leaves out the door into the main hallway, downstairs where he heads off uh, Sheila's mother and aunt who had started walking upstairs they heard him scream or gas or whatever and he said you don't you don't want to go inside the apartment they all come back downstairs call the police in which uh, patrolman first responder comes to the apartment sees that she is definitely deceased that's when uh, investigators are called to the to the scene um, there's actually quite a few people were here the uh, I believe the commissioner public safety commissioner. It might have been deputy commissioner. The uh, chief of police is here. It was a big big to-do at the time. And then the criminal investigators, are the scene's handed over to them, and they take the the investigation there, start collecting evidence, obviously do the, the body removal, and
0: start talking to everyone and anyone in town. So her brother knew that the window was sometimes left open, and her friends knew that too, that she was at school with? We don't
3: know. We're not sure if they knew. I think the mother, when she came to the house and had the uncle go, yeah, up there. I think she actually told the uncle, "the the window may be open because Sheila might leave that window open for my son. Okay, he needs to come here and crash or whatever." Okay.
1: What kind of crime was going on in the at the time? I mean, was it common for people to leave their window open and and you know have that be known?
3: I mean, it's probably not, I don't think people is as paranoid as as break-ins then as it was, you know, just growing up in the 80s, we let their doors unlock. Yeah. Um, You know, there wasn't a whole lot of security measures taken for stuff like that, so. Yeah,
2: Yeah, I I grew up probably about five or six blocks from here, and I know growing up, my father never locked our our front doors, left his his keys in the car on the street, so not... You know, definitely not. Uh, you know, crime in an area. Definitely not this type of crime.
1: You know, yeah. certainly What was the? Um, this is a pretty busy street that we're noticing right now. Yeah, was it? Street. Is has this always been a busy street? Like um, known? It's fairly.
3: This is this is goes into it's it's nine n so this will take you out to like Greenfield, oh, okay. Corinth, out to the neighboring town. This is your one way out. Oh. Okay, well, not your one way out, but it's pretty much the main drag Yeah. Uh, off off of Broadway. This one, Van Damme, same, they kind of split. You can see where it kind of merges, and then everyone goes towards the hospital and out of town this way.
1: Okay, and I hear a train now, too. Is that train, train always st- running? Yeah,
3: the train station, if you keep going, when you guys go to West Avenue, yeah. and you make that left where that restaurant is, across the street is actually the actual train station there. Uh, that
1: runs down in New York City and then up to Montreal. That was running back then as at well. At that time, it was, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's not like outside the realm of possibility that it's a transient person who capitalized on this. No, no. you know, it's yeah, not. we had
2: definitely they, that was looked into at the time of was this just uh, was this somebody passing passing through? Um, I'm sure you noticed Saratoga is right off of I eighty seven, major thoroughfare. You know, it's halfway between. Saratoga or uh, New York City and Montreal. Um, okay. we're not far from from I-90, mm-hmm. you know, Albany, Schenectady, Troy. A lot, you know, murder is more common in those areas that are not all within, you know, 30 35 minutes from here. Yeah.
0: So we don't know if if she had come home with someone who did this or if someone potentially just went up that Exactly. Yeah,
2: we, we have no couldn't say. You couldn't know, say at this certainty point. Certainty, for sure.
0: Do you know if the killer used the fire escape?
2: We don't.
3: As far as the the uncle testifies or tells us that the door was locked into the apartment. Yeah. So uh, the deadbolt. The deadbolt locked yeah, dead ah. on the inside. So we're just assuming it's it's either the fire escape or that door. And unless the person had a key to lock the deadbolt on the way out, he's going to probably go out that fire escape.
2: Right. Okay. It it looks. It looks more likely that somebody is known to her, though, where either, Uh, like you said, comes back with her that night or she opens the door willingly for Mm -hmm. for that person to then come inside the apartment.
0: And now we're back in the car heading back towards Saratoga Springs, sort of downtown area where there were a lot of bars. And so Sheila's life was really compacted in uh, about a mile or two uh, of proximity between downtown area where she went to school and her apartment. And it was all walking distance.
2: That's like a card and coin shop, but yeah. other than that and the pizza place, they're all um, bars. This whole section here, and which one's thirteen? Right, this Saratoga City Tap and Barrel. Yeah, that's uh, number thirteen, Caroline Street.
3: Yeah,
2: that used to be a place called Sages Casa Thirteen. One of the last places that she was seen at on what it's thought to be Saturday night. Saturday night is when the, the time of death was was estimated to be, and then she's found on, on Tuesday morning.
1: Right. Estimated time of death is Saturday night, and she's found on Tuesday morning. Yeah, yes. late, late Saturday night, early mm-hmm.
2: Sunday. That was, you know, from the coroner's report at the time, unfortunately, he's no longer alive either, so we can't yeah. can't talk to him about how exact he is on that time.
0: And here we are on the street talking about the bar scene in Saratoga Springs at the time.
1: And I know it doesn't sound very relevant right now, but Saratoga Springs is a really quaint little city. And I had never been there before. And I was really, uh, I guess I had a perception that it was a much bigger city. Uh, this is a place where it, it seems like everyone
0: does sort of know everybody or know about other people. Yeah, and we also kind of touch on some of Sheila's habits at the time
2: i think it was saturday night but i'm not sure you know i I'd, I'd seen her that weekend yes yeah. and
0: so that's still a source of confusion oh I certainly yeah
2: and like i said the people you know the the source you know a yeah. lot of these people are like well i was out drinking myself yeah. so i can't i can't remember exactly what time it was i wasn't looking at my watch there's no no text messages back then there's nothing we can look at like well, what time did you last talk to her
0: you think that's an important uh, clue, or uh, you think? Not I mean, really? the, the time
2: would be would be great. I would love to to talk to the coroner. If yeah. uh, you know, if he were alive, say, how sure are you? I mean, I know you're going off of pretty much the same science that we are now. you know the li- lividity and the you know, rigor yeah. mortis and stuff like that. But you know, if it just it opens up all sorts of other possibilities. If like, well, okay, say she was killed on, on Monday, yeah. and not you know, then. People who have you know alibis or who weren't in town in that weekend, like well, okay, now could have happened Monday. Do they come back into play?
0: But from between the difference of either Friday night or Saturday night, there's Saturday.
2: Saturday, she's uh, it's she's seen. I want to say without looking back at the the case file, I think it's her mother. Right, sees her on Saturday. She's walking through the. Um, Congress, uh, Congress Laundry, I thought it was. was yeah, that? by the, the grocery store. Okay. And she has a, uh, what do you call it, receipt that we have from like a oh. Grand Union store. Oh, okay. And that was Saturday, like early afternoon. So, okay. yeah, it's, it's not a matter of whether she was alive on Saturday or right. not. It was more so people that say they saw her. Yeah. You know, when, when did you see her? Did you see her Friday? Did you see her on Saturday, cause
1: was she? It was pretty common to see her around.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, like I said, the one place that we showed you up there, that uh, 13 Caroline Street. Yeah. This place used to be called the Golden Grill. Uh, back in, in those days, the uh, building setup is is really still the same.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But this was one of her, you know, one of her, I'd say, regular
1: spots. And she would walk from here home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that drive that we just did was like a minute. How long is the walk? Five. five
2: minutes 10 10, 10
1: 15
2: yeah. minutes but how okay. fast you're walking not too bad okay and that's uh it's what just before thanksgiving so the weather is not going to be terrible you know walking through here it's not like january february right you're know, walking through downtown so um yeah definitely you see people out, out walking still now if you go out you know on november uh november 22nd in saratoga this year you'll i'm sure see people walking all throughout the the bar districts and mm-hmm. our our bars are open until 4 a.m., so wow. it's a, it's a steady stream of people from you know the ones that want to get out before it gets really bad right up until, I'm mm-hmm. um, staying right till four o'clock and then you know you see them walking home at four, four thirty, five a.m. It's,
3: so, it's not uncommon for people to start their their night out at midnight, yeah, right? right? You know, so you'll see them walking from, from the surrounding area to the downtown area to the, the bars. Yeah.
1: That 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 Thursday was Thanksgiving, or was it the Thursday it coming up? Coming yeah. Up, okay. Yeah. yeah.
2: So this is the weekend, right, the weekend prior to.
1: Is it, I don't know if you know, like, is that a dead time around here? Do no. people travel a lot or people come here?
2: No, it's, I was telling uh, I was telling Tim that definitely for the, the bars, that's one of our busier, you know, a lot of college yeah. kids are coming home. Yeah, yeah. The, the first time they're all getting together. And that Wednesday night before Thanksgiving Day, that's one of our busiest nights on, on Caroline Street there. They'll yeah. put extra patrolmen out. there. Fights all night long, and just that the lines are are crazy. Even when it is like extra cold, the time here there'll be lines out the door for a lot of these bars.
1: Were was anyone looked into who might have been from from here but out of town at school who came here for the uh, for the Thanksgiving break?
2: You mean that wasn't from here, but then or or
1: was from here and just and came back? Came back?
2: Yeah. Um. I mean, I'd have to think specifically about who was talked to, but I mean, they talked to dozens of, of people of. You know, they they talk to someone and say, "Well, you know, who did you know her to be friends with, or who'd you last see her with?" And they go talk to that person and then give them. You know, yeah, I saw her with this guy or this this person whose name I don't know. There's a lot of that. You know, reading back in the old case reports of, uh, "Yeah, you know, I saw her uh, saw her out with with a woman. Who was the woman? Like, I don't know, just some woman or some guy." And uh, there was one one of the last times that that we think she may have been seen alive was that Saturday night a neighbor on, on Church Street coming down towards um, towards downtown from her apartment, sees her in just a side profile of, of a guy, or like a guy from behind in a coat. So he's like, I see her walking with, with a man. He's like, I think it was a, a black male. He goes, I couldn't say for sure. I definitely couldn't tell you what he looked like because I just see, you know, from the side, and I see a, a profile with a, a jacket either... Mm-hmm. Um, muscular guy or a really puffy jacket mm-hmm. you know couldn't say
0: so no accounts from someone seeing her like friday or saturday and you guys like being sure that's a sus- or you know a suspicious person or anything like that the, like
2: this her being seen that saturday afternoon at you know walking by the yeah. the grocery store I'd, I'd say that's the the last like real reliable we could say for sure like okay that's that's her. I mean her, yeah. we could back it up with something. Yeah. Her mother's. No security
1: cameras over there. No. Not that time. Yeah.
2: Nobody had anything really
1: yeah significant.
2: Yeah, yeah I don't even um I mean I, I started here ten years ago and there there weren't a lot of cameras then. There was yeah. here and there. A lot of these like on the, the side here is like a city camera. They've they've been put in the last what three Four years, you know, most of our downtown yeah, uh, city-owned cameras, anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: this is the, the age of pay phones and yeah, and, and, and house phones, and that was about it. So, yeah. you were out and about, nobody was getting a hold of you until you went home.
1: The um, management or owners uh, have accounts of her in this establishment. Yeah, I
2: mean they, they talk they to the uh, it's different owners now yeah. obviously and the the guy who did own it is uh has since passed away. But at the at the time he says, Yeah, you know, I, I she comes in here and definitely I, I know her. You know, she's one of our, our regulars, but he's like I am also not out at whatever time it was on, mm-hmm. on Saturday that people yeah. think they may have seen her. But that that Saturday night the, the more consistent accounts that we're getting are that she's up at uh the thirteen Caroline that night that that's that's where there's a few different people that say you know and the the one bartender says yeah she was uh she was in here and you know, i remember seeing her and, and he was pretty confident that it was you know saturday night and not friday night which probably is more trustworthy you, you think yeah. the bartender is going to be more sober than the, the bar goers you know hopefully yeah. so yeah.
0: here at the beginning of this next clip investigator callahan is talking about Terry, who is Sheila's aunt, Terry, uh, her ex-husband, who found Sheila's body. And then it kind of goes into uh, who else they've interviewed.
2: We had done a lot of these interviews at the beginning November, December, January. When we first got the case, and then we're not running out of people to interview, but it just, you know, it kind of dwindles when you're now having to go back and reread and try to find somebody like, okay, well, we haven't talked to this guy. Let's go right. track them down. He's... But, yeah. It was still pretty shaken up, you know. Thirty eight years later, yeah, you know, yeah. He told me he goes, "You, he goes, you called me last night or yesterday to talk today, and he goes, I couldn't sleep last night because it just brought me back, you know, to that time and you know, kind of like a you know PTSD of yeah, you know the everyday person is used to coming across a dead body, especially someone Some that of your relative, yeah, yeah, someone that you know." <laughs>